Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. I am at Ombre Bender on Twitter. Billy Mansell, welcome back. Last week, we did a Senior Bowl recap show with Steph and Steffi Smalls and Dan Turner from Champions Round. So go check that out. That was a fun time. Me and Joe spent a lot of good time down in Mobile. We got a lot of good information. Can't wait to apply what we can to the upcoming draft. But we're gonna kind of revert back to way things were before then. We're gonna we're gonna do a little, you know, we're gonna do a little college news roundup. Haven't talked a lot about that in the past, but there's some good stuff that we need to get to in that department. And then also we're just gonna talk through some of the positional debates going on going into the draft. Because not gonna lie, the edge rushers at the top, that's not the only debate that's going on. Um, if you ask me. There's a lot of other interesting debates, especially like cornerback, wide receiver has been a uh, big position of late. Even the quarterbacks kind of have been interesting, to be perfectly honest with you. So without further ado, let's just get into it. All right. College news. So over the two weeks ago when I was in Mobile, Caleb Williams officially announced he's going to USC. Uh, he follows Mario Williams and Lincoln Riley, who also has gone there. And that leaves kind of Oklahoma high and dry, but I think the, the downfall might be a little overblown at this point. But USC is in a good place offensively, not such a good place defensively. So I 
kind of interested to see what this means for him. I still think there's a lot of question marks about Lincoln Riley and his ability to develop quarterbacks at this point. Um, Spencer Rattler was not at the level that he, that Lincoln Riley viewed him and he was a five-star recruit coming in. And then Caleb Williams also a five-star recruit. We have yet to see him at full capacity, like full, you know, maximum effort that we can see from him. So I cannot wait to see exactly what he's able to do with them uh, going forward. So, USC, kind of interesting. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did not end up leaving. John Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. Whichever Harbaugh was coaches at Michigan. Ended up not going back to the NFL. He stayed at Michigan. They gave him six years. I think this is a huge mistake for Harbaugh. I really do. I don't understand what happened and why he didn't leave for the NFL. Um, whether that was because of the lawsuits that are going on in Miami, because I think he was headed to Miami personally until – uh, the Brian Flores stuff started popping up, but whatever the case may be, he lost his defensive coordinator. He now coaches for the Baltimore Ravens, Michigan. This was kind of their best year. This is the best shot Michigan was going to have for, I, I think for a couple of years, because Ohio state is loaded going into next season. And the fact that they, that Michigan, you know, couldn't get it done this year. They ended up beating and getting the big 10 championship. I think this was it. I think this was their shot. So that kind of sucks to see from them. Honestly, I was kind of hoping, uh, kind of hoping to see him back in the NFL, but whatever the case, he got an extension. Michigan will march on. Um, Auburn completely botched what they were going to do at coach. Cause they were going to come off their coach and go to a new guy there, but they couldn't quite figure that out in time. So, um, they ended up losing a bunch of the players that played at Auburn. I, you know, they got Bigsby still there, but they lost their quarterback, a couple other key players. I guess we'll see. That was, I think that was a huge mistake again for Auburn, but going into the future, we will see. So it's really all I got as far as college goes for now. There is some more stuff that we'll get into later, but just need to get those few little information bits out there because I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him because I've been kind of senior bowl oriented the last couple of weeks. So let's get into the meat of today's show. So the meat of today's show is the positional debates going on in the NFL draft right now for 2022. So we'll start right with the defensive ends. Cause that's kind of the big headline for this draft, Aiden Hutchinson versus Kayvon Thibodeau. Personally, the ceiling is higher for Kayvon Thibodeau. For me, I, I, I will lay out the, the, so what happened to the senior bowl when we were there, a lot of conversations with the people there, not me personally, but these were relayed to me through other people was that people think Kayvon Thibodeau does not take football seriously. And they are worried that he has got his head in one place and maybe his heart in another and it comes to football and they think Aiden Hutchinson's kind of gotten this like expanded ego about him. Not, not an ego Aiden Hutchinson, but he's a very football minded meathead guy. So for that reasoning, Aiden Hutchinson's going to be the first player, first uh, defensive end taken this year in the draft. He and Dan Campbell are, it's a match made in heaven with them. So I think if you wanted to book it right now, Aiden Hutchinson is going to go to the lions I think Jacksonville is going to be smart. They're going to take Evan Neal, the offensive tackle, even though that's becoming kind of a de debate, honestly. Some people have Evan Neal ranked as their third best offensive tackle, but I think that that's overblown. So Evan Neal, I think, goes one. Aiden Hutchinson will go two. Kayvon Thibodeau 
will probably go to the Jets at four. If I had to guess right now, if I had to prognosticate what's going to happen, but here's where like, I need to just get it out in the open. Kayvon Thibodeau is the better player. Aiden Hutchinson's floor is a very good tackler. You can see him in the future being like a 10 tackle guy, which for IDP purposes, which is what most of this, you know, what we're talking about here is very helpful. That is a very nice player to have on your team. But I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a good sack artist. I think that is the guy that's going to get you 12 sacks a year, 13 sacks a year. I think that is what he's going to be going forward. So if I had to project who's going to finish better in their career, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. If I had to project who's going to be the better like run stopper, the guy who's going to clog up the lanes, I know Aiden Hutchinson got a lot of sacks in college. I understand that. I'm not. I've seen the numbers. I saw him. I've seen him play. I just, if I had to put my money on it, I would bet Kayvon Thibodeau finishes as the better player going into the, you know, coming off of this draft. So I think that they're just the overthinking is outrageous to me right now in this department because people are saying because Kayvon Thibodeau's got like NFTs, he's got these partnerships with the head of Nike, he's got all these like different little business ventures going on that he's not focused on football. I see that as more like, okay, so he's smart, right? Like that, that's what this is. Like had he not been projected as a top five draft pick, he probably would have gone back to school to actually finish his degree. I mean, he's going to finish it anyway, but like Justin Herbert did the same thing when Justin Herbert was coming out, he stayed another year, got his degree and came out after that. And Kayvon Thibodeau, I think would be the same thing. He's a really smart guy. So I, I, I just, I just think we're by grasping at straws a little bit. Aiden Hutchinson, yes, he is your J.J. Watt. He's going to be in the gym every day kind of guy. So I, you can't go wrong with either of them. And in your draft, you should treat it that way. But I think the overblownness of Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't care about football. Come on, man. Like, uh, I know it's draft season and we got to have something to talk about. But, like, come on, man. Like, the, it's going a little strong. Um, So... Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, has the higher ceiling. Either way, you're not going to go wrong in your IDP draft, so just won't worry. You're going to hear a lot of talk over the next two months, three months, about what can happen, and don't worry. Either one, you can't go wrong. So let's transition to cornerbacks. Cornerbacks right now, uh, Derek Stingley has been the incumbent leader in the clubhouse for two years now that he was going to be the first cornerback taken in this draft. And all of a sudden, Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati has taking, taken that role from him because he is being projected as the top guy, top corner guy in this draft. And Derek Stingley Jr., some people have him down even at number three, like not even going in the top ten. Um, I've seen a couple of my drafts with Trent McDuffie from Washington even going ahead of him. Might be a little strong, but I don't know um, personally. So the debate here is for me that – you got Derek Stingley Jr., who was really good two years ago. Go look at those numbers. He was insane. He was a freak, a ball hawk. Get the interceptions for you. Got the tackles for you. He was a lockdown corner and did a tremendous job. No doubt about it. That was amazing. That was also two years ago at this point. Like That was 2019 when that magical season with Joe Burrow and all of them. That was, that was a magical season. Loved every second of that. But for the next two years, last year, not very good. It was not a good year in 2020. Um, 
or t- yeah, 2020. Okay. Not great. 2021 last year, he, uh, he wasn't very good last year either. And he ended up um, because of the dif- dysfunction. I think that was going on at LSU at the time, just decided to bail. Like he's just like, you know, I got a foot injury, foot injury. We kind of been quoting quote marking that for the longest because I don't believe he has a, an injury at all. I think he just didn't want to play for LSU. And this was the easiest way to, for, to get him out of LSU and so to prepare for the draft. So in my opinion, Dirk Seeley Jr., could he be that guy again? Sure. Why not? Um, the problem is that allowed people like Ahmad Sauce Gardner to take that role. So as you saw in the Alabama versus Cincinnati game, I it's boring, I know, but if you need to go back and you want to go back and see what he's capable of, go back and watch what they did in that game. So him and Kobe Bryant, who was on the opposite side, they did not allow Bryce Young to throw the ball. They were like, if they won that game on the ground in the trenches and they ran, I, it, it was a good strategy, but Nick Saban also knew there's two NFL cornerbacks on each side of the field. And we're not going to be able to do what we normally do um, if we leave them in. So um, I think one time maybe Gardner got beat for a catch, but uh, you know, it's, that's going to happen in the course of a game. Not suffice it to say, this is your best cornerback of the draft is Ahmad Gardner. Derek Stingley at his peak of peaks, which was two years ago. That was your best. That was your best cornerback, but time has changed. And for me also, Ahmad Gardner has been much better the last two years and against good competition, which they've played, they've each played Alabama. So you can do one-to-one comparisons if you want to. Ahmad Gardner was way better in this year. He's only, he's only, he was only junior. So I think that that could be good. Um, As far as where he goes in the draft. Now that's interesting. I've seen a couple people have him at like Carolina they just took a first-round cornerback last year in J.C. Horn. That would be very interesting, but I wouldn't rule anything out with Matt Rule. He takes weird, wild swings. I think the Giants could use somebody like him. Uh, their defense needs a revamp, so that would be nice, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay, we'll just continue on with the defense. You know, we've already done two defensive players. Let's just go to linebackers, too. So this is Devin Lloyd versus N'Kobe Dean. Um, <clears throat> Devin Lloyd's stats and his abilities – are insane. Um, I agree. Like, here's the thing. I don't think you're going to go wrong with Nicobe Dean or De- Devin Lloyd. You're going to be fine either way. I really don't think so. It's really just a, a matter of what you like. Nicobe Dean, he is a little shorter. He's six foot tall with, for a linebacker, you know, for, for most of us, that's okay. But you know, for a linebacker, you kind of usually want them in the six, three, six, four range. But I think you would personally be fine if you took Nicobe Dean either way. He's got good hands. He's got the good ability to get to the quarterback. He, he played in a you know an elite defense, so I don't think his numbers are indicative necessarily of what he is. Um, I, I will say, going into the season, I kind of had him below Adam Anderson, who ended up getting suspended from the team um, and probably won't be drafted. Don't you know? Go look into Adam Anderson. He would have been a high pick in this draft, but off the field issues, if you will, kind of took that off the board. So in, in his replace, you know, to replace him was N'Kobe Dean and N'Kobe Dean was amazing. Devin Lloyd is a very strong candidate to be that guy. I have, my eyes have been opened to Devin Lloyd and his ability. Um, 
so I I can't really put up as strong of an argument against him as I once did. I thought Nicobe Dean was the surefire best player in this draft, like for as far as linebackers go, but Devin Lloyd, it's tough. He's got he's got intangibles that you just can't you just can't put into words, honestly. And that's just something that I think, you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine taking either one of these guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. You could you could get either one of them. It's fine. Okay, let's move on to offense. That's you know what most all fantasy players want to talk about. So let's just do quarterbacks. Malik Willis versus Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett ceiling not great. Floor is pretty fine. You, you, Kenny Pickett is a good quarterback for your team if you you know. If you don't need the home run, if you just need a, a a game manager, I think he'll be fine. Arms not incredible, not gonna blow you away in that department. But as far as a get in there, get to work, gonna be helpful. Kenny Pickett is your guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. There is a reason that he is a you know he's been playing in the uh, college football for five years. Like there. It's not because he was way too good, and that's why he needs to be a first-round draft pick. I, I don't think, say last year, I don't think he would have even been one of the first four taken, probably. Probably not first five, and that's concerning to me. Um, so I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing if your team takes him. I just – you got to lower expectations. Um, and as far as, like um, – uh, any kind of draft, like super flex drafts, when you're going to need a quarterback, he's not a bad call, but it's just, mm, you could do better. Um, as far as Malik Willis goes, now, the legs are going to keep his draft status high. So if you're in a draft, super flex draft, you're probably going to be headed for Malik Willis because A, he's going to start right away. B, he gets he's going to get most of his points from his legs. Um, and if they could just develop, his ability to throw, then I think that you're going to have a great quarterback there. A lot of people are saying Josh Allen. I get it. His accuracy is he's having a similar problem with accuracy that Josh Allen did coming out of college. And that's kind of what you're going to be dealing with here when you get to Malik Willis as well. Um, Malik Willis. I like his floor. Don't love, you know, I like his ceiling. His floor is dangerous. It's, it's Jalen hurts esque his ability to throw the ball accurately is concerning and running is king here. So I, I think you're just going to have to to live and die by his legs, at least for the first two seasons and whatever team he goes to, hopefully it's a good developmental team because if not, it's going to be dangerous. I would look for Pittsburgh to trade up for him. I really would. What we saw from Mike Tomlin and how interested he was in Malik um, Willis during senior bowl. I think that that's going to track and that's going to mean a lot come draft time they may trade up so keep an eye on that <clears throat> we'll do wide receivers Traylon Burks versus Mr. Drake London I know on this podcast I have pounded the table for Garrett Wilson pounded the table for Garrett Wilson I think he's just gonna go later um, unfortunately and I think the best comp for Garrett Wilson and you know I'm sorry Browns fans but I, I think Garrett Wilson could be an Odell Beckham Jr. so what you're looking at when you get Garrett Wilson is somebody who, you know, can make these insane plays, can get by, you know, cornerbacks, get by anybody and make plays. But this this isn't a debate for him. I think you're, you're whoever gets Garrett Wilson and wherever you draft him in your fantasy drafts, 
you're going to be fine in the long run of things. But to start out, Trey Lon Burks versus Drake London. This is a battle of the Titans. So you've got two guys that are similar to like AJ Brown and like, I don't want to say DK Metcalf, but like somebody who's tall like that, that can make a lot of catches. That's kind of a tough, uh, tough one. I, I guess kind of like Mike Williams from Clemson, maybe like that kind of thing. But I just, he's got his, his route running is much better than Mike Williams was. So I, I that is a kind of a tough ask to like a tough comparison, you know? So whatever, but Traylon Burks, his comp is AJ Brown. That's what he, that's what his comp to. He's very strong, very fast. He's not going to burn necessarily your cornerback, but I mean, everybody who's seen AJ Brown play, it's not really that he is a burner necessarily, but he could just create the separation that you would need. So I personally think Traylon Burks may be, maybe the best player. I miss maybe the best wide receiver in this draft. So I, I think that that's the route you have to take. Drake London has been my favorite this entire time because I think he is a six five slot receiver. Which I, when do you ever see that? I mean, Cooper Cup was a six three kind of slot ish receiver, and we've seen what he was able to do this year. So add two inches to that and make him have the same hands, and you've got Drake London. So I'm hoping that Drake London ends up on a team that is a good throwing team, not necessarily a running team. You know. I, I would hate for him to end up on like the Titan. Well, not, not the Titans, but like a team like the Titans where it's a running based, you know, like him ended up on the Ravens. Like that would be a disaster. I would hate for that. Um, just cause I'm not really sure that Lamar Jackson's going to be able to really, you, you know, maximize his abilities. So I would hate to see that. But as far as that goes, Traylon Burks, younger, not stronger, but, he is good enough. And plus, Drake London's got the injury that he's coming back from. So there's going to be a little hesitancy there. Not necessarily from me, but like, you know, from everybody else um, that's drafting, maybe there's a little hesitancy there. I've just seen too many plays from Drake London where he's just flat out stronger than the other player. And as far as like 50 50 balls go, I mean, Drake London, geez, I mean, he's 6'5, he's going to tower over any player or quarter cornerback that you put on him he's just a freak of nature so um yeah I, I i think i still think the eagles for drake london that's just you know don't tell that to josh because he's going to freak out about it but i think that that would be the route that you take if you are them i think the eagles go drake london and i don't know i don't i, mean, I can't really project where Traylon Burks is going to go. It's going to be higher than that. Maybe Atlanta, something like that, where they just, you know, trade in Calvin Ridley because I think they're going to trade him probably, and they just get Traylon Burks from that. So let's move on to running backs. We'll finish out with that. Oh, tight ends too. Oh, we'll do tight ends real quick because it's it's short in my opinion. You got Likely, you got McBride. Both options, again, they're razor thin. It's just who you like more. And in my opinion, I know that likely has been one of my favorites coming out of the draft process, but McBride is your big catch guy is I think right away, you're going to be able to get value from him in your fantasy drafts. I would take McBride right now. Um, we'll see where he goes in the draft. I don't think it's going to be the first round. It's probably a second round him and likely I would say probably second round. Um, but that that's just a guess of mine. Um, likely is 
uh, you know, former basketball player. You always like to see that in the tight end. We always remember the Julius Thomas situation when Denver, when he was there, that was, he was a basketball player turned tight end. That's what Isaiah likely is. So I think that that could be a fun little wrinkle. And at Coastal Carolina, he was unstoppable. But Trey McBride, uh, 1,100 yards speaks for themselves. You know, every, everybody knew the ball was coming to him. He's 6'5". He can run block. He's going to be a good, productive tight end in the league. So I cannot wait to see him at the next level. And hopefully he gets drafted to a good place as well because that's the kind of the crutch of all of these arguments is that wherever they get drafted to, you're going to need either a good quarterback or a situation where they focus on the tight end, kind of like San Francisco, for example. Jimmy G, okay quarterback, but they focus on Kittle, which is what you need when you get to that. So we'll finish up with the running backs. We got Isaiah Spiller. We got Brees Hall. I, I'm going to lean Brees Hall at this point. I think that's that's a for sure three down back that you know you can use at the next level. He's bowling ball, good yardage. Potentially could be Le'Veon Bell. Not sure I love that uh, comparison yet, but I'm feeling it out right now. He's got good hands. He's got the ability to rush out of the backfield. He's good at run blocking. Um, he's got the weight to be able to withstand a pass rush for a little bit, so that's good for what you need from a running back. Um, but Isaiah Spiller is interesting to me because I think he could end up being the better player of the two. The only concern I have for Isaiah Spiller is that he's going to be in the, he's going to end up being put into a, um, committee kind of situation. So like, here is the problem I have like Nick Chubb, for example, we all know Nick Chubb could be a three down back, but they don't use him that way. Right. So like, it's kind of hard for you to say Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's value is at this level when he's always going to be capped at this level by the offense that he's in with Stefanski. So I'm afraid that Isaiah Spiller is going to be put into a situation like that where he is going to have his, like what his ability is capped at a certain um, spot because the offensive coordinator wants to get cute with multiple running backs. Maybe he wants to use them in another specific way. He could be a three down back. I just, would love to see him not go to a situation where it's not like that. Like if he ends up in like Buffalo, for example, you know, darn well, they're going to have Singletary and Spiller spilling each, spelling each other out and they're never going to have anything. But if Isaiah Spiller ended up in like Miami, for example, put him in that situation, honestly, whichever of these rookie quarterbacks ends up in Miami, you need to be able to, you, you can probably book that player as a top three pick because um, you know, that offense is going to be very conducive to a running back in that environment, very run heavy, very play action pass for Tua. Um, and that running back is going to get work. So you've already seen Jalen Waddle is, you know, they've said that he's going to be used a lot. I think you're going to have a similar situation with whatever running back goes there. They're going to need one with hands, which is why I think Brees Hall makes the most sense because he's a three down back that they're going to have available at that position. And I think that, you know, if, if Brees Hall goes there, that, that, that's going to make Brees Hall's value go up a ton because it's just, he is going to be very useful in that situation. Um, as far as other like running back spots go, I mean, you might have Arizona available. Um, uh, I wish I could think off the top of my head who else needs a running back, but I can't, uh, maybe the giants, if they don't totally believe in Saquon something like that maybe 
Maybe San Francisco wants to add yet another running back to their mold. I don't know. We'll see. Seattle probably definitely needs a running back. I don't think Chris Carson's going to hold up for another year. Neck injuries are dangerous. So if they ended up with like Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller, for example, Pete Carroll, you've seen how he's used running backs in the past. That would be very cool as well. So that is all the positions I got for today. We're not going to get to offensive line. I'm sorry. I love off, you know, I love offensive linemen as much as the next person, but yeah. And we're also not going to do safeties because Kyle Hamilton's so far and above the other safeties in this draft that like, it's not really, I'm not even going to try to argue the other side of that because I don't think that it's possible. So I'm going to end this just with saying like I've seen Kayvon Thibodeau as I've made a bet on my Twitter that if Kayvon Thibodeau goes outside of the top five in the draft, if he goes number six or later, I will take five count them five fireball shots. That's not lie. I'm not lying because that would be the biggest stupidest mistake ever facts. So I don't care. I'm putting, putting that bet behind it you know obviously i feel like i'm gonna win that pretty easily so but if i'm not you can hold me accountable we're gonna be doing a live stream for the draft and i will be taking them in moderation so don't worry won't be taking them all at once um but i just another thing i wanted to say at the end of this i okay so the Pinay sewell versus jamar chase draft debate from last year has kind of been put to rest i would like to point out I just want to point this out for the people that victory lapped on my ass on Twitter about how ooh, Jamar Chase got into the Super Bowl. Just want to point out Jamar Jamar Chase would only be lucky and in, get into that position if since Joe Burrow didn't get hurt. Joe Burrow got sacked the most in the NFL this season, and he almost broke the record for the most times sacked in the postseason. Just need to reiterate that had the o-line been better maybe he wouldn't have been in those situations now you can come back at me well whoa billy well they made the super bowl i guess you were you know you're still wrong right and every you know if you ran a thousand simulations 999 of those would have joe burrow getting injured in one of those games because you cannot get sacked or hit that many times and not come out unscathed well guess what this was the one simulation that made it through the thousand that actually ended up hitting correctly and allowed them to make it to the Super Bowl because he did not get hurt, which allowed Jamar Chase to flourish in the offense because he didn't have to worry about the backup quarterback who was not going to be able to throw Jamar Chase the ball as accurately as Joe Burrow was. So I hear you. (laughs) You all can claim to be right this time. I will allow it. That is fine. But I will say this. I don't think that they're going to get back there unless they address this O-line because there is no shot that they can repeat success with this exact same team. They were very fortunate to be able to get where they did. So I still think that Peninsula would have been the better choice in the long run because Joe Burrow will not be in the league long term if they don't find a solution on that O-line. And I think Giants fans, for example, can probably relate. They need a lineman too. And their quarterback has not been healthy, so it's it's it, it, everything had to land perfectly for that to happen. Bengals fans and Jamar Chase truthers who wanted to tap dance on my Twitter grave, but you know it is what it is. 
anyway, so we got the combine coming up in two weeks. I will be doing a preparation podcast for that next week where we're just going to run down some of the lists of people I haven't talked about. Deshaun Corbin comes to mind. He was really uh, good in the East West Shrine Bowl. Um, there's a couple other people. Charleston Rambo was really good in that game. Um, I, we'll get to those names later um, next week because I will talk more about players from the combine that we haven't actually gotten to talk about yet. And I will make sure that we are not going to, uh, you know, none of these people are going to go under the radar. I don't need everybody to be mentioned at some point on the podcast. So this is at Ombre Vendor. Follow me on Twitter. Follow at SemiPro Fantasy on Twitter as well. And follow offensive po- at Offensive Points. That's the fantasy football podcast that I do with Joe and Josh. Um, would gladly love for you to listen to that too. Uh, please leave a comment on this YouTube video below, and I will answer any questions on the next podcast, or I'll just answer them on the YouTube uh, comment section as well. Either way, I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.